Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my good friend and my co-host, Devin. And today, we're here to give our reflections and spoiler thoughts on the boys' season three finale, more specifically, episodes four through eight. Uh, We are recording this early for you guys, but it's not going to drop until July 8th or the day after, probably the weekend after the finale has hit on amazon prime so we're kind of like recording this in secret for you guys it's a little fun we've very exciting uh time for us um thank you again to amazon for sending us every uh episode of the boys uh for those advanced screeners and you know we kind of have to abide by the rules you know what, what, what kind of podcast would we be if we just blurted this out because by the time of this recording the first three episodes are only out but we just couldn't stop watching, so we just kept watching the rest of the series. And here, we're going to be giving our spoiler-free thoughts for episodes four through eight. So that's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of fun. I'm very, very excited to dive into this season. Perhaps the best season yet? I don't know. Maybe that's a hot take. We'll get into it here in a bit. But before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FilmOptics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin, how the heck are you? Ready to take down some soups? Yes, butcher. Let's go. <laughs> Bush. <laughs> so I believe the last time that we spoke for our episode one through three spoiler free review, we kind of talked about what our temp V superhero um, powers would be. So I believe I said teleportation. I forgot what yours was. Can you remind me? So, once? You, so you just you just copied uh, Huey's basically. So, yeah, I, I guess in a way, but I was thinking more so. Like, it seems that he was able to teleport wherever, just in general. Like, but I guess maybe. Just naked. Yeah, but like, without the naked part. Like, I don't want to be, you know, traveling to the UK or Japan or Germany. And then, like, you know, on my phone and my keys in my wallet or in my pants. And then, poop, I'm naked in a new country. I got got nothing. That's just the ultimate, ultimate Huey power. Like, there's got to be some negative to it. Just because it's Huey. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But Devin, how you been, man? How's your uh, weekend been? Pretty, pretty solid weekend. Just been watching the boys. Just can't get enough. I, I really couldn't because when we did our episode one through three review, I was like, man, I really wanted to push forward. But I was like, I had to stop myself so that we can actually record episodes one through three because I didn't want to like, you know, give myself away to anything. All those, you know, reactions and thoughts are raw. Um, you know, those are our true, honest reactions. Of course, you can find that on the podcast now. But for this episode, again, this is spoilers on deck. You know, we're going to be talking about everything that happened between episodes four through eight. Talk about, you know, um, how this season has panned out for us and, you know, how it compares to the other two seasons as well. Usually when it comes to a lot of these seasons, um, after season two for a lot of TV shows nowadays, it's it's kind of sink or swim because usually a lot of TV shows now will get a season two. And um, as, as this recording is going on, on uh, June 5th, <laughs> um, we recently found out, unfortunately, Raised by Wolves and HBO Max will not be getting a third season. Um, the second season ended on a major cliffhanger and I found out a few days ago, I was very, very heartbroken. <laughs> I was like, this, this first, first they just canceled Lovecraft Country, LCC, whatever you want to call it, Lovecraft Country. I was very disappointed in that because there's so much more they could have done with that. But then I was like, okay, well, at least I have Raised by Wolves. So I was like, oh, I got a season two. Very excited. And in the press for season two, it was like one of their after episode little mini so things. They mentioned that season three was coming. 
Season three is not coming. <laughs> not at all. But luckily, The Boys is here to save the day. Another superhero property, perhaps probably my one of my most favorite ones outside of Marvel and uh, DC, just because of how realistic it is and how much it imitates um, life as we know it, especially now in today's age, which is really, really um. I think it's very important for sure. But Devin, are are you ready just to jump in to to this review, this analysis, our our reflection? Episode four really just really just gets you going. It's such a great start for the the rest of the episodes. Yeah, it definitely is for sure. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to The Boys season three. So, let me say it again, Cam. I may be a superhero, but I'm also just a man who fell in love with the wrong woman. Just a man who fell for the wrong woman. Uh, fell for the wrong woman. But, but out of out crisis of, uh, comes change. Crisis. Out of crisis so comes change. Uh, so I spent the last year really slowing down, down and reconnecting with myself. And I am very excited for everyone to meet the real me. And we are back with the boys season three spoiler review. So this is our one and only warning for you guys. Just want to let you guys know. Actually, I'm going to give you one more warning here. That is your second warning for the boys season three. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about everything spoiler centric. So, you know, turn back now if you haven't seen it. But I'm going to turn the floor over to Devin so he can give his initial reactions to the boys season three. Boy, season three. We're really here. We really had a hero gasm. Can't believe they did it. They actually pulled it off. Like it's probably the best of like there's always that one episode that like stands out. And hero gasm is is it for sure? Yeah, it's it's that in episode episode four for me. Um, at least definitely getting it started. This season has been it's just crazy. Like the stuff they can actually put on TV and Amazon like gives them the freedom to to show these things. Like these jaw dropping moments that happen pretty much every episode that you would you would never see anywhere else. It's just crazy to see it. the introduction of Jensen Ackles. That is just Chef's kiss casting. Like. He cannot have had better casting for that character. Like, I feel like he could have played Captain America with that voice and that beard. Like, if we didn't already have Chris Evans, like, he he probably actually auditioned for it. Who knows? He might have been trying back in the day. But he was just the perfect casting because the way he just had his voice and his his tone and his just way of being was so, like, Captain America gone bad. Like, yeah. like the bad side of Captain America. Like, the grandpa that everybody hates because of how terrible his views are. Like, <laughs> it was just so, so amazing to watch. I will say, I do have a couple issues. And one of the main ones just being kind of how this one ends and how similar it is to the ending of season two. We can talk about that later. But overall, it's just so entertaining. I mean, the deep, just always doing the deep things. <laughs> A-Train being terrible as always. And we get some we get some temp V for, for Butcher and Huey, which is very entertaining and interesting and definitely has some consequences. It's crazy, man, because... Like you said about Jensen Eccles, like, and uh, uh, this might be a hot take, but honestly, I enjoyed, you know, Jensen Eccles, him being Soldier Boy and being part of the original, you know, uh, the seven, aka, which is uh, Payback. That is very, it's, it's very interesting to see how, you know, the original team forms and especially how, um, Black Noir is kind of like the kind of like the bridge in between both teams. But I got to say with Jensen Ankle's performance as Soldier Boy, I liked it way more than John Walker and um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like I, I really like now that I've seen his performance, I'm like, man, I really wish we would have gotten Jensen Ackles as um, well, you know, the quote unquote new Captain America that we got in Falcon and Winter Soldier. But well, I don't. I don't think it would have been any different, really. It's just the main difference is just the rated R versus the the PG thirteen or whatever that Captain America was. It's just being rated R. He can just do so much more here. He has so much more freedom. That is true. Yeah, like th- we might have gotten the the Disney fied version of, <laughs> of Jensen Ackles' uh, performance. But overall, like my my thoughts for um, you know the boys. You know, episodes four through eight, I, I really, really enjoyed it. You know, there's there's so much that happens and it feels like 
There are a lot of uh, twists and turns that, you know, that really flows with the story in a way. It didn't feel like too much at once. Um, I feel like there are a few characters that kind of got sidelined a little bit, uh, especially with uh, Newman and uh, Queen Maeve. Uh, More so, we see a little bit more of Queen Maeve in this um, and yeah, I feel like Maeve had a, had a pretty nice character arc in this one. I think the main issues I had were Newman and Black Noir, because we just don't really learn anything about them. No, those are probably my two biggest gripes as well, uh, especially with Black Noir. Like we, I mean, we've seen Black Noir's face. We get his his origin, but then we don't learn anything after that. No, except that he's kind of insane and sees cartoons in, in his head <laughs> in real life. And he's still allergic to almonds, <laughs> as <Yeah>. always. <laughs> it's it's great because I do love Black Noir as a character. You know, we go into a little bit more of his psyche. But like I said in our episode one through three review uh, for the premiere, uh, we really see like this huge, like we go even deeper into Homelander's psyche as well, which is something really, really interesting that, you know, we've been, they've been touching on a lot. Um, I do agree with Newman. Um, I feel like we never really learned much about her, especially. You just can't get a read on her, especially since she keeps flipping sides on us. Can't, can't figure out what her end game is. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, the president of Vought taught her to, you know, play, play everything from, um, play everything from all sides to begin. Yeah. It was an, it was a nice twist that we found out that her dad is Stan Edgar. Yeah. But then after that, we just kind of don't learn anything else. No, we really, cause I mean, right after that, you know, she has a few encounters with starlight and, but like, that, that's kind of it because obviously Huey's been avoiding Newman this entire time. Or Nadia, however you want to, you know, uh, label her as. Um, but I guess we'll just say Newman just for the sake of the episode. Um, but you know, she she kind of gets you know a little whiff that you know Huey kind of knows what's going on because you know she was introduced in season two. Um, I still think season two is very good. Um, for for some reason, I really just enjoyed this episode, or not this episode, excuse me. I really enjoyed this season a lot more, probably because it is more political than anything else. I mean, the entire show is political, but I feel like this season, for season three, is probably the most like the biggest political battle that we've seen so far. You know, everything we saw with Stormfront and season two, I, I feel like with season two, it felt it took a few episodes for me to get into it again for some reason, uh, especially the first three episodes of uh, season two. I just felt like, you know, it took me a while to got, get into the episode itself. But honestly, from season three, like right off the bat, I was like, you know, like, let's go. Like, we're here. You know, the boys are back. It literally jumps straight to where, you know, we need to be. I feel like for season two it was more of a buildup and there's something wrong with that. But for season three, it was like, you know, it just hits the ground running. You know, hey, it's it's a year after the events of, of season two. You know, Huey's working for the FBI version of the superheroes. You know, uh, Butcher and the rest of the boys are on the straight and narrow. And, you know, Starlight is, you know, running this America's Got Talent type superhero-esque thing for, you know, to figure out who's going to be, you know, in the seven. Because that's like the new thing. But... I really enjoyed this series a lot, um, especially for season three. It's it's probably one of my favorite uh, shows today, um, you know, even though it's based off of, you know, other superhero properties. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I, I really love all the political, you know, um, parallels between our world and, you know, this this version of New York. You know, everything that happened was with uh, A-Train. And then, of course, what happens to uh, Supersonic, and it's 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 some insane stuff, man. But I, I feel like we're barely scratching the surface here, but I'll bounce it back over to you. Uh, between the last five episodes, we kind of talked about how Herogasm episode six was our favorites. I, I think we're both on integrants there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I feel like... All of them have have a lot to offer. Like even just reading through the the different plot points, it's just a lot happening in every episode. I really like seven too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Episode seven was really really great because it's. I mean, it 
And we really get more of a depth of Kimiko this season as well. So it's... Yeah, a lot of development for her and Frenchie. Yeah, which is, you know, it was kind of like the will they, won't they, you know, get together. But at the end of the day, you know, Kimiko, you know, she kind of realizes that Frenchie is more like family instead of more of like a lover because they do kind of share a little bit more of uh, of a romantic relationship. Um, I think that is a nice touch just for, you know, just because there are like a man and woman character that have like a really good relationship doesn't necessarily mean that they always have to get together. So it is more, I guess you could say platonic, but it's, it's more of a family bond. Um, because of what happened with the rest of Kimiko's family. I love the, the Dominic Toretto joke that Huey made. I love cars and family. <laughs> the Bill Cosby joke. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that uh, Soldier Boy made. It's, it's so, I love this so much because obviously, you know, you see so much Captain America within Soldier Boy and it's this weird, twisted, alternate like dimension like what if captain america was your racist grandpa yeah that's that's what it is basically well maybe the boys is just one of those infinite multiverses within the mcu where everything's just completely sideways it's probably the most realistic out of any other you know multiverse (laughs) mcu uh universe out there but i'm not entirely sure but i did want to go through like each of the episodes here um and 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 fairly quickly but kind of just starting with episode four and then moving onward so episode four is titled uh glorious five-year plan and we learn a lot about soldier boy's powers and how he was kept and containments, you know, the world thought that he was gone, that they thought that he was dead. Um, but I really. He's basically Captain America that is invincible. Yeah. Ba- I mean, basically, I mean, now with his new powers, because he didn't have the, you know, the, the kind of like. Yeah, whatever belly- the, the chest, chest nuke is. Yeah. The chest nuke, like, you know, power uh, belly uh, beam. So, so, so it seems like the Russians might have added that power as a nice DLC for, <laughs> for our boy. Superheroes getting DLCs out here. It's, I mean, they really do go into Soldier Boy's psyche there a little bit, especially with uh, Billy this uh, season as well. But uh, kind of moving back to uh, episode four, like, you know, we, we get the, you know, the Soldier Boy musical performance and then we gets you know obviously with soldier boy's newfound powers as you said the dlc powers but also kimiko loses her powers throughout um throughout this episode we find out that that's part of soldier boy's powers that he can take away other soups powers with the chest nuke <laughs> i i really like that that I'm, i i like the power set but i wasn't sure what necessarily set it off they kept mentioning ptsd and then just whenever he's in peril, I guess. I wasn't sure if it was like a certain like song or like, you know, a specific like phrase or something, how they did with, you know, Winter Soldier. But, you know, it, it was it, it was a nice touch because it, it's it's a newfound power that we didn't know about before. We just knew that he was the original Homelander. And, you know, Stan Edgar kind of goes into all of this. He also kind of gets pushed away to the sidelines a little bit, comes back as well. But, you know, he's like you said, he's trying to get out of the superhero game um, within like the next five years. So we'll definitely see what's going on there. But of course, uh, we I feel like we have to talk about A-Train. And his his betrayal of Supersonic. I, I, t- I told you we couldn't trust A-Train. He tried. He really tried. I thought the whole like Black Lives Matter type thing was going to kind of like change his mind. But as we see throughout the rest of the season, like he literally just is out for himself. Like we clearly see that a train is like out of control. You know, he has his heart disease problem and we'll definitely get to his uh, that weird twist turn that they did. I actually liked it a lot, but you know, he, he wants to act like he's on the straight and narrow. <laughs> of course, the video the video game idea that he tries to bring up to Ashley. And she was like, no. But it, it's so weird. They did that, that, um, that like, Jenner Pepsi commercial, but with A-Train. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was just amazing. <laughs> just going to end racism with this, with this beverage. 
So w- within the season, we we learned that, you know, A-Train doesn't care about anyone but himself. He's, he's very selfish. And, you know, we, we kind of get thrown like a red herring thinking that everything that happens with Blue Hawk only targeting like black neighborhoods and whatnot. Like he clearly wants to do something about it. But like, obviously, it's for poor publicity for himself because he can't run anymore. And then, you know, he learns about Supersonic's plans and then he, 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 betray, he betrays him. And I'm like, then Supersonic is just brutally just destroyed by Homelander. And I wish we could have seen that, but it was it was cool to see the the end result. Yeah, I, I do agree with you there. Like, I, I like the I, I sometimes I like the off screen murders. Like, you know, it's not that I mean, I guess you can say Homelander is a little bit more murdery or like less murdery maybe in this one like he does kill off a few people but it's more about a few few big ones yeah for sure but it's it's more about you know he's he's trying to like contain himself you know he's unhinged as starlight says and kind of like bursts throughout but it's it's crazy you know victoria newman you know she's afraid of her daughter's safety for homelander so she gives her the compound v uh we don't know what kind of power set that she has but that is also something that you can kind of i guess guess maybe it'll be like a mini you know head popper possibly i'm not entirely sure but um you know and then mm mother's milk he's just um he's he's definitely getting a little bit tired of the boys you know he's looking after his daughter and i really like how they did with his storyline where the the co-parenting thing between the father and the stepfather and monique not being with mother's milk anymore but i do apologize i've been ranting on here for a while i'm going to pass it back over to Devin. um if there's anything you wanted to bring up that we haven't yet i know there's a lot to unpack here but you know i'm just trying to get through it in a timely fashion <laughs> Yeah, we can move on. We can kind of quickly discuss episode five because I feel like five is probably the weakest from a story standpoint. There's really not a lot happening in this one. The main, the main highlights just being that the boys team up with Soldier Boy at, kind of at the end there, despite, despite Starlight objecting to that heavily, which she was correct about. And then also, um, they lead, they lead Soldier Boy to Crimson Countess and, um, he destroys her. And then before that, we see Crimson Countess's OnlyFans account and <laughs> Seth Rogen is paying to watch her. That was amazing. What was like 20 bucks like a minute? Yeah. Wow. I'd, I'd always love Seth Rogen cameos in the show. Yeah. I mean, other than that, there's not too much. We found out that A-Train's brother is paralyzed because of Blue Hawk's attack. Well, which is also because of A-Train, again, because he's yeah. trying to quote-unquote make right, and he wants justice, and then Ashley's like, okay, you want justice, you know? He's been, you know, trying to hammer it towards Vought, and clearly Vought didn't really care, and we kind of find out later on that Ashley was just kind of tired of A-Train, because, I mean, you know, for people who are now just watching the show or may have forgotten like this entire thing, all these like storylines and, you know, everything with Huey and the boys, everything started off with a train murdering Huey's girlfriend, Robin. And, you know, Ashley was just very, very tired of trying to cover a train's tracks. You know, he was kind of a loose cannon. I can't believe Ashley got up to CEO like from where she started. Honestly, I it's, it's pretty awesome though. Like if, if there's anything like, I know, I know she's not like, she's a fan favorite, but like her as a person is like not the best. Cause she's just trying to get paid. You know, she doesn't really, she's very corporate level, you know, like whatever the company policy is and whatnot. But I will say she's definitely uh Taking care of these uh, superheroes here, you know, for for their misdeeds, but and lo- losing her hair because of it. Yeah, literally losing her hair. Like I love how Homelander just you know continues to call people out. Everything that happens with A Train, you know, calling him out for like the milkshake, saying you know he's getting fat, and you know everyone can see your girdle. And then you know obviously everything that happens with uh, Ashley, <laughs> it's it's so funny because like A Train is like. You want to feel bad for him, but at the same time, you don't because like he's trying to quote unquote do the right thing, but it's all for himself. And then Ashley just gets tired of it. And she said, you know, like, screw you. Like she, she's tired of him. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of get it. I wouldn't want to be in A-Train's corner either. But yeah, not a lot to say about 
episode five. I mean, the whole Maeve. Also, um, yeah, Maeve and Butcher hooked up, which is interesting. Yeah, I guess I didn't really see that coming. Um, I would agree that episode five is probably the weakest um, of, like, I mean, it's still a good episode. It's just a lot of, you know, funny randomness stuff that goes on. Doesn't really... It kind of pushes the story forward, like, just enough. But, of course, that moves us into episode six, which is Herogasm. Herogasm. So, yeah, Herogasm, uh, arguably probably one of the best episodes, or the best. The title alone, you would never expect to see on a TV show. <laughs> it's It's funny, because it's like, I don't know, it's everything that happens in this episode, it's like... It really is kind of like the climax. You know, we we finally, um, you know, A-Train runs again, um, you know, after he murders Blue Hawk and kind of just has enough of it. And it's all a part of, like, you know, the hunt. You know, you're building up to the climax of Soldier Boy meeting Homelander. And, of course, you know, we said before, Homelander is a bit of a loose cannon on um, in, this, in this entire series. And I I really just like how, you know... Huey and Starlight are having their own kind of, you know, disagreements there. Huey's just very tired of being saved. You know, Huey starts taking the compound V and he feels like he can defend himself, which is something that I feel like is relatable. You know, he's, he's said in time and time before that it doesn't really bug him, but you know, like, you know, the farther you get into a relationship, those feelings may start to, you know, fester and, kind of built towards um resentment which is something that's it's very it's it's very relatable just from like a relationship standpoint where there is something that kind of looms over the um entire relationship where it's kind of like i guess you can say like the big test like the one thing but uh, between both uh, parties that may or may not you know sink or swim uh when it comes to that relationship so I don't know. It's it's something really interesting that I've I've really um that kind of latched on to as well. But you know, the rest of Hero Gasm, we have we have the deep uh <laughs> the deep is uh with with, uh, with his favorite mollusk. Not an octopus, apparently. I, I really like the deep in this series, like in this season specifically, because he's he, he's just the ultimate comedic relief. He really is. And it's like he's he's kind of the butt of the he's still like the butt of the joke but like he's still trying to like live a normal life you know and he tries to uh you know get a little je ne sais quoi going on between him and his uh <laughs> him his wife and uh this um this octopus and it's it's very it's so funny because it all comes back to you know it kind of comes back to the joke of of um peacemaker uh, towards the end, or it was the the joke that kind of ran through the entire series, where they were talking about how um, how Aquaman how Aquaman fucks fish, and you know that kind of comes back, and I love it how they just exploit the funny little fan moments. They just get straight into it. Yeah, like they don't even care. It's it, even during the beginning. It's not even a question. It's just <laughs> well, even during like the beginning of the entire series, you know, the whole the hashtags of Dawn of the Seven and all that stuff is very, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League. But yeah, man, I, I, I saw he actually tweeted about that. He said uh, he kind of just made a joke about it. But he, he seemed like he took it like a champ. Oh, Zack Snyder did? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's I it's it's hard not to ignore, you know, but like I I really I love I love Hero Gasm so much just because I mean, of course, Huey, it's like he fits right in, you know. He each he's on the hunt for Homelander, you know. So Billy um Billy Butcher. <laughs> Not Billy from Stranger Things. <laughs> Billy Butcher. Um Huey and Soldier Boy have this deal that, you know, they'll help Soldier Boy find the rest of his old team payback because I guess they they sold him out in a way. You know, they told his whereabouts because there there's a lot of um reflection between the seven and payback. How, you know, I mean Soldier Boy was the Homelander before Homelander and nobody liked him, even though we thought that the world loved him. But I don't know. I just wanted to get kind of like your, um, your, your, your thoughts on the rest of hero guys. And I guess we'll just move on to the rest of the uh, series here. Yeah. I mean, there's even a couple of small moons, like, uh, like Homelander just kind of s- steps on termite. Probably doesn't even realize it, but termite is definitely dead. 
Man, Star Starlight getting on Instagram Live and just exposing everything, which is definitely a big deal. Um, as far as that storyline goes, just seeing she basically just let lets it all out, and of course, not a lot of people believe her, but she does still have like what seventeen million followers or something. So she gets the info out there, but she's done. She's tired. Like I, mean, I, I will be tired too. You know, she kind of like she doesn't really even view starlight as a part of who she is because it's really just a mantle. And, you know, like you said, she outs everyone and everything. And I really like how she just, she tries to play by the rules. You know, she tries to stay in this game for as long as she can. And then, you know, her friend, supersonic who gets <laughs> added into the seven and not even on like their first mission, whatever he, he gets obliterated. I don't even know if you ever figure out what his power was. I don't even know. I don't know either. I, I'm assuming it had think something it's sound based. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it is something dealing with, um, I guess a sound barrier or kind of like a black canary type situation because he made that one song when he was like 16. <laughs> License to drive. License to drive. I, I was like, this is, like this would not fly in today's. It's so easy to it's so easy to make boy band songs. Yeah, like turning red and and now this like uh, I it's love just it. So basic and simple. I, I think boy bands are making a comeback. If if I'm being completely honest, like it's it's a very it's it's something that lives in all of us. I I feel like, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but we also get the return of love sausage in this episode. <laughs> The guy who first opens up the door and it's hero gasm is it's just this big um it's this big orgy where you know all the superheroes kind of just let loose. Uh, I guess it's like a yearly thing that uh Soulja Boy kind of started back in the day and it, it lives on. So you know, I really feel like episode six was probably the best. Of course, you know, the confrontation between Soldier Boy and Homelander, like we finally get that. Yeah, just seeing just seeing Butcher and and Huey and Soldier Boy just kind of triple teaming Homelander. First of all, it just shows how strong Homelander is. So I'm just gonna say they 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 almost had him. Like they were, like maybe like four seconds later, he he would have been toast. Like he yep. he, he would have been alive, but he would have been. You know, I guess the Powerless. yeah, I guess the the nuke bomb or you know this this blast that Soldier Boy is able to produce it like fries all the compound V out of you. Yeah, because we find out later that it's it's not really deadly per se if you're a soup because Maeve obviously survives her her sacrifice at the end, mm. but then she doesn't have power. So I guess I guess it just depends on your strength as a soup because some of the some of the ones that he orgasm died because they must not have been strong enough to take that force, but. But Maeve was, and uh, imagine Homelander is too. It's a pirate's life for her. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, she's got to she got to get a patch now and move on. That was that was a nice little arc for her though. Just seeing between her and between her and Starlight specifically, just seeing that that connection and that relationship build up. It was great to see because Starlight believes that there are heroes out there, and Maeve was very very on the fence about that being being the case. But then at the end of the day, she became a hero and and sacrificed herself. It's it's much like Maeve was kind of having parallels for, you know, this this older version of Obi-Wan that we're seeing where she's kind of just given up and she just wants to be done and she just wants to live out the rest of her life as, you know, as normal as possible. And she's kind of like done, like she wants to kind of like close herself off from this whole compound V type situation with Vots and she just wants to... Love, uh, love the rest of her life with her, uh, her, her lover, her, her nice little, uh, her girlfriend. So, so there's that. But yeah, let's quickly move on here to episode seven and eight, and then we'll kind of move out here. I, I remember. So episode seven, of course, is the uh, penultimate episode, uh, which is titled "Here Comes a Candle to Light You to Bed." I think all all these titles are pretty bad, except for Hero Orgasm. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of these titles. Um, usually, I, I really love reading the episode titles of each uh, series that comes about if if we're able to get our hands on them. But yeah, this this one I'm not really too crazy about. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. I'm like, eh, I I guess I, I really just but like the, the big thing. The big thing here is just seeing Butcher's flashbacks. It just amazing to see because he just his little brother Lenny is really just Huey like that's that's all it comes down to he he really thinks Huey is is his little brother basically 
Right. And, you know, the uh, Soldier Boy, after, you know, the successes of the hero gasm, where, you know, Soldier Boy kills the Wonder Twins, um, you know, and he's also, well, Gunpowder fell by the hands of Billy. And then um, Scarlet, or I guess Scarlet Witch, or whatever you want to call her, <laughs> she was, you know, Soldier Boy killed her. And now he's officially killed the Wonder Twins. And now he's on the hunt for Mindstorm. So we kind of get a little bit with him, but I, I will say with, with the payback crew, like we see them like obviously in their later years, but we don't get, I mean, we get depth with them as a team as a whole kind of, but really through black Noir's eyes. But um, I really think this was a great type of, um, I guess you could say, yeah, like penultimate episode. Like, you know, I mean, Starlight uh, discovers that the temp V is actually fatal. And we kind of see hints of that throughout the season where, uh, Huey and um, Billy are kind of your brain's leaking. Yeah, pretty much. It's supposed to turn your brain into Swiss cheese, and obviously, you know, it was it's Temp V that's not even tested for the public use. Like it was still under you know beta form or whatever you want to call it. But one of the biggest things I think uh, the takeaways here, not even like Kimiko getting her powers back, but A Train getting a heart transplant from Blue Hawk. Yeah, so even he he thinks he's doing something in honor of his brother, like killing off Blue Hawk because of what he did to his brother. But at the end of the day, it benefits him too. Like even when he possibly tries to do something good, he's still it's just all about himself. That's all it comes down to. It all benefits him. It's like poetry, it rhymes, right? So it's like you know, A Train was, you know, supposedly trying to get Blue Hawk behind bars. You know, he goes to his brother. His brother tells him that Blue Hawk's been targeting specifically black neighborhood and then you know a train has the whole okay well let's get blue hawk to apologize then blue hawk kind of lets loose um all together um i think it was like two episodes before hero gasm in episode five i believe that was in episode five where he kind of like lets loose at the time town hall and things kind of just run amok and you know a train wants to do something about it then but he can't but he decides to you know run again for um to to at least I, I feel like he wanted to at least his last run would be for something of justice in a way. But like you said, Devin, he's really just looking out for himself because his brother is a little bit mad at him for killing Blue Hawk because he wanted A Train's brother wanted his kids to see Blue Hawk behind bars instead of oh, we're just gonna kill him kind of situation. Like I guess there's different ways to handle justice but that's not the type of justice that a train's brother was looking for but now a train can run again because he has a heart transplant but it's blue hawk's heart so it's a constant reminder which is insane i i I really really like what what they do with a trains um with his uh story arc this season and then i guess the the big payoff at the end of this episode was Soldier Boy revealing that he is Homelander's dad, which was very interesting. It, it makes sense once you think about it, but then you're like, wait, yeah, that's, yeah, it, it adds up the timing, but then you just didn't expect it. That is like his father in a way, because I guess they they um, they like saved a seaman or whatever, and they and you know they told Soldier Boy that you know there was like a baby that they were like going to create like another superhero, and Soldier Boy kind of. Like, you would think he would have been mad, but it's like he kind of told Homelander that I would have let you take my place if they would have, like, told me everything that's going on. And then, you know, we find out that Soldier Boy is also responsible for uh, Black Noir's scar injury, which is probably why we see, you know, (laughs) Black Noir going with his uh, imaginary friends with the uh, stuttering issues and whatnot. But it was it was that that was too funny. <laughs> I love it how they switch back and forth. It's like yeah, he's literally just sitting there by himself, and then like that's that's it. But I mean, in a way, we we kind of find I believe in this episode as well uh, for episode seven. Starlight tells Butcher Temp V is fatal, but he decides not to tell Huey. It's it's weird between their relationship between Huey and Billy because. In a way, like Huey sees Billy in this certain light that's kind of, I mean, it's kind of distraught, but like in a way he kind he, of he sees things in him, in him that no one else does. He sees that there is good five, five deeps down, but somewhere deep <laughs> down there. He's a deep, 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 
deep down <laughs> somewhere in there there's like a sliver of good it's it's really really weird but yeah there's a lot of big twists and turns within this episode um for episode seven and i think that kind of it kind of like you know okay like this is the penultimate episode and it really sets everything up for the uh, finale so i guess we'll just move on over to uh, episode eight which is titled instant white hot wilds yeah these yeah i don't understand these titles I'm, I'm I'm not liking the names of these these episodes. Besides Herogasm and maybe like the first three episodes, um, nothing like for Stranger Things. Like I absolutely love those episode titles. But so we're pretty much here at the end of the road for the season finale for uh, season three for the boys, and everything kind of just goes hang like haywire here. I mean, Homelander kills Black Noir, just rips his guts out completely after Black Noir admits that he knew about. A soldier boy being alive and he knew that soldier boy was like in a way that soldier papa. boy was yeah papa papa <laughs> papa <laughs> i want to see an 11 versus homelander battle i don't know who's gonna win that one my mind is telling me homelander but my heart is rooting for 11 <laughs> i think only chance 11 has is if she can also transport homelander to a different dimension and turn him into a a Vecna type creature. See, a Vecna type Homelander is not something that you want <laughs> whatsoever, because that is he, he's going to be more like Fre- well, like uh, Freddy from Friday Thirteenth than anything. Yeah. yeah, like he'll be in your nightmares and doing diabolical things. <laughs> but it's I, I really wanted to touch on Homelander the um the I guess you can call it the the Green Goblin conversation. That he gets like with, you know, he has that conversation with himself. That, that's usually what I refer back to. It's very, you know, the parallels are there where, you know, Norman Osborne's talking to himself with the uh, the Green Goblin uh, venom injected into him. But what, you was, know, what was that accent his, his reflection had? It was interesting. <laughs> it was funny. I was like, it, it's nice to kind of differentiate, like, okay, who, like, you know, who's talking when type situation? He's like, hey, buddy, oh, pal. <laughs> Also, really quick before we get into the uh, finale here, um, when Mother's Milk gets like drenched <laughs> in semen, he—I felt so bad for him this season. Like he's literally had it. Like his tolerance is maybe like hitting like at a ten. Like they were pushing his patience to like a fifteen. He was just not having it this entire season whatsoever. But. Do you remember what what happened right after he gets drenched in that semen? The guy's like, he's like, come back anytime you want to, like Honey Bear or something like that. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> I have to rewatch it because I absolutely loved it when he said that. I was like, I'm like, I forgot exactly what the guy said. But I, was, I feel like I need to rewatch the whole orgasm scene because I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of little details missed just seeing everything happening. It, it was it was great for sure, but back on track with the uh, the uh, season finale here uh, for episode eight. Um, you know, and also I kind of wanted to mention before this. Uh, speaking of, um, I guess we'll kind of talk about Ryan for a little bit because he he was kind of in this season, but not really. He was one of those other characters that kind of got pushed to the sideline. You know, he's staying with the um, with the FBI lady, and I'm drawing a blank on her name again. Um, but we, we, the one that we got the flashback with, cause she also knows what, who payback is, um, you know, Homelander finds Ryan finally, because she gets that, he gets that information from Newman. So they're kind of in cahoots a little bit together there, uh, Newman and Homelander, which is kind of interesting, but it's, you know, the, the final battle is really, really like just. It, it's got the juices flowing. Like, you know, we, we finally starlight's ability to fly, which is amazing. Like, you know, got to dial up those, you know, those, um, those lights to like 11 there, which Huey did for her, which is something I really, really enjoyed watching. Yeah, I love, I love the parallels of that to just being like him, just being supportive, like kept taking a backseat for his girlfriend and letting her like 
save the day instead of him trying to save the day himself. And it, it really goes and, and also boils down to, you know, he like he uh, he obviously he takes the compound V into or the temp V into this um, final battle and he kind of looks at it and but he knows the risks and he's like, well, maybe there is another way I can help her instead of risking my own life and trying to take matters into my own hands. So it's kind of like he's indirectly helping her, which I thought was really, really awesome. Um, we've already kind of touched on Maeve's sacrifice. Um, you know, she is alive, but without her powers and back with her girlfriend, Elena. Um, and then we, we, <laughs> the, the biggest moment of this episode, you know, cause we, we finally see, you know, home, the rematch between Homeland, Homelander and soldier boy, and we, we learn that, you know, after their first encounter that Homelander and Soldier Boy are kind of related to each other in a way. And we think that Soldier Boy is kind of like going to back out of the deal that Billy and Huey had by killing Homelander. But <laughs> Soldier Boy just ends up calling him like a freaking pussy. <laughs> calls him weak. Just, calls him yeah, weak. Really, really <clears throat> does not care. And so, so Homelander finally has like that sliver of hope to like have some type of normalcy in his life when he finds out about Soldier Boy and you know the whole pop up thing. You know, Daddy, Daddy, it's me. And Soldier Boy just shuts him down. And he's like, he's like, I would never have raised such a disappointment. And that kind of goes back to we learn about a little bit of Soldier Boy's past as well with his father and how his father was viewed him as a disappointment and he pretty much calls Homelander a disappointment as well. And, you know, soldier boy signing up for this compound V and soldier boy's father saying that he took a shortcut in life. And that kind of, you know, he he puts that on Homelander and Homelander kind of just like snaps and, you know, rejects Ryan and Homelander altogether. And it's very, then attempts to kill both of them, which then causes everybody to, turn on soldier boy and then that becomes a big battle he's just taking on everybody yeah except Maeve and homelander are kind of off doing their own battle she loses an eye which was pretty gruesome <laughs> I, I really love how Maeve. it's like it's it's kind of like if, if there's anyone alive like outside of soldier boy who could take on homelander it would be Maeve because i mean she's basically wonder woman and not saying their power sets are extremely similar but between Wonder Woman and Superman, they they kind they kind of share the same power set um, to a T. You know, th- there are some differences and um, some similarities there as well. But I I definitely feel like they could have. I, I feel like Maeve definitely could have. You know, taken them on. But I really love the te- the little bit of the team up there between Billy and uh, Homelander. When they both have their eyes, it's like they're just like, oh, do we really have to do this? <laughs> But it's it's almost like there's a mutual respect there between both of them. And, you know, like th- this entire se- uh, season, um, you know, Billy's been trying to, you know, just level the playing ground like just once. But that's also one of the one of the big issues I have with this season is I don't understand Billy's thought process when he snapped on Ryan. I don't understand why he did that or what he was thinking or if he just kind of just had an episode but when he snapped at ryan that just changed everything like for what reason like you just made him hate you and now he's gonna choose homelander over you (laughs) yeah and it's ryan is is much of a broken child as homelander was but you know even though ryan had a little bit more normalcy in his life with his mother and then accidentally killing his mother and you know living essentially you know underneath somebody else's thumb and, you know, he's able to see Billy um, Butcher when he can, but it's Billy isn't necessarily like a father figure, but it's it's like Billy wants Billy will protect Ryan, but in his own way, like his definition of protection versus the protection and attention and love and care that Ryan actually needs. And so. When Homelander goes to visit Ryan, you know, it's, you know, Ryan is more in a vulnerable state where he'll just believe anything anyone tells him. Ryan thinks Homelander hates him and Homelander's like, no, no, like, I don't hate you. And that kind of, you know, turns the tide. So it's Billy kind of like burning himself indirectly again 
And, you know, obviously Ryan choosing Homelander over Billy because it, I mean, that that's his father. And if there's he was there that, and if there's anyone in the world who can relate to Ryan, it is Homelander, like, like it or not, it's Homelander. So it's, it's, it's the, it's the invincible effects all over again. Yep. You know, oh man, I can't wait for that season two. Very, very excited. Like I'm super excited, but I've been talking up here up a storm here. I do apologize. Is there anything you wanted to touch on for the season uh, finale that we haven't touched on before we close out here? Yeah. Homelander um, reveals Ryan to the public, just kind of shows him off and then kills, kills the protester in, in the middle of everybody. And they just start cheering, including um, the mother's milk's daughter's uh, stepdad who kind of starts off, starts off the whole cheering and just, it's just kind of crazy. Like you, you can get away with anything because he's Homelander. The people, the people eat it up. Yeah. Now that Homelander is able to show his true colors because he was afraid that if he did prior that people wouldn't love him. But obviously there is a. And then he, now he's like, they, they love me. Yeah. They well, really love me. Not everyone, but a, a small, you know, a, a portion of that fan base for sure. Um, but I really liked the um, the the confrontation again, kind of going back to the father's last stepfather role with uh, Monique and Janine, where, you know, Janine's uh, stepfather was taking her to like all these rallies and <laughs> mother's milk kind of just snaps when he's like, you know, like, hey, like that's, you know, he's, he's like, I'm he's like, I'm her father. Let me take care of like, like the fatherly duties. And. Uh, the stepfather, he's like, well, someone has to be your father. Like, someone has to step in and do that stuff. And I was like, you should not have said that. Like, whatsoever. Like, it's 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 a co-parenting type situation. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. But, you know, Monique kind of finds out about it and, and um, just really is not okay with it whatsoever. But, man, it's there's, there's just so much to unpack here. It's crazy, especially with, with the uh, with the finale. You know, Newman um, getting tapped in as a new VP candidate because the Deep killed off the other candidate. <laughs> I guess that's one way to... One thing the Deep did. <laughs> one is it, is it the right thing that the Deep did, or was it just something that he did in general? Like, I feel like he it's was... Just, it's just one thing that he actually did this season. He actually did a thing. Besides having relations with an octopus and being bossed around by his wife, who... <laughs> I love it how the Deep has his own cover, his, um, his own book. I think it was called Deep or The Deep. And then his ex-wife, towards the end, they have like a little, you know, spat and he wants to introduce like a new lover and whatnot. But hers is called In Too Deep. Her book is called In Too Deep, which is hilarious. And it's like, he, and yet again, he is the butt of every single joke. And I absolutely love it. It is fan-freaking-tastic. But of course, we talked about Maeve's uh, sacrifice but we also learned that Soldier Boy isn't dead. He's just put back on ice. Unkillable. Un- <laughs> unkillable? Is that a... Unkillable. Oh, I thought you said unkillable for uh, <laughs> for uh, for the it Deep. A, it could be a future project for him. The Deep <laughs> Un- spinoff. The Deep spinoff, yeah. Honestly, I, I would I would watch like a miniseries or something like that. Um, I wanted to ask you really quick. So did you watch The Boys Diabolical? Like the... I did. Did you notice any like Easter eggs between that and this new season or any, I guess, I guess, you, yeah, I guess they would be Easter eggs or any kind of like relation. Well, one of, one of the episodes is Canon, but only one of them, the one that has Homelander in it, it kind of shows him before the events of this series. Like it shows him in black noir. Yeah. Oh yeah. When the, uh, when the lab blows up, and he like yeah. goes in the safe. Yeah. Okay. That, that's why I wanted to know. I wasn't sure if there was a tie between like multiple episodes or not, but yeah, I could definitely see that being kind of like a prologue to like everything with, uh, with Homelander for sure. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a wild, crazy, crazy season. We, we haven't even mentioned um, Butcher is now on his deathbed or not deathbed, but he, the clock's ticking. He's got 12 to 18 months to live going to the doctor. Yeah, so he's not on his deathbed just yet, but he is definitely getting there. And it's, you know, if if anything, like, you say what you want about Butcher, Billy Butcher, however you want to call him. He's, 
he's such a complex character himself. It's kind of like he just lives and breathes to be like an asshole. So nothing really gets close to him ever again because we do find out that his brother ended up killing, ended up killing himself because Billy ended up leaving when they were younger uh, due to their abusive father. And it didn't really make things better for uh, Billy's brother because their father would just constantly beat on him, probably blaming him for Billy leaving. And it's, I mean, that, that's a lot to unpack. We kind of see that with um, um, inside of inside of a mind when a mind storm uh, takes over uh, Billy's mind there. But it, it it has been one heck of a season, and there's just so much to unpack. You know, we try to cover everything that we can. You know, since this is a a overall arcing. Um, review of like <laughs> five episodes but yeah for for the season finale i think it is great you know it sets up events for season um four because for a second there i thought either homelander and or soldier boy would die but i'm kind of glad they kept soldier boy alive because he is such a he's such a straightforward character like i mean you can definitely say that he has ptsd for sure um, but you know, I can't, I couldn't imagine them killing off Homelander, at least not yet, but even if they did kill off Homelander, would that make things better? That's also something that we would have to think about because I was thinking about that towards the end, uh, the series finale or season finale, excuse me. I always do that, um, towards this, uh, season finale. And I was like, okay, like, well, what if they do kill off Homelander? Like, would that make things better? Cause Ryan's still alive. And Soldier Boy is technically still alive, but I don't know. It kind of comes down to my biggest issue for this season is that if you look at the end of season two and the end of season three, there really isn't that much that has changed as far as the dynamic of, of where they're going next. Because if you look at it, I mean, all the all the players are still the same in this game. I mean, they're, it's the boys versus Homelander at the end of the day. And the Newman reveal is kind of the same thing that happened in the end of season two, where... Uh, you, we, we, the audience finds out that Newman is the, the head popper, mm. and then at the end of season three, we find out that she's gonna become vice president. It, it just didn't advance the plot as much as I would have liked, just because, like I mentioned, not a whole lot has changed. Obviously, we've lost Black Noir and Maeve in in this uh, season, but other than that, I mean, it's it's still the same outcome from last season, which is definitely my, my biggest issue because we just know they're going after homelander next and that's the same thing as last season yeah because i mean it, i feel like the entire series has been about you know trying to take down not, not only vod but i mean it's really i mean once you take down homelander it really is kind of like it kind of would be like a chain reaction uh, snowball effect of taking down everything else. Because as we learned from the the previous uh, or the presidents of uh, Vought uh, previously with um, Giancarlo Esposito's character, you know, he wants to get out of the superhero game. And I, I feel like, you know, the first season was more about, you know, holding, you know, these soups accountable. And then, you know, it kind of just boils into season two, which, you know, we learn, you know, like Homelander becomes like slowly becomes like the main obstacle. I feel like he still is. And yeah, I want, I really just wonder if, you know, Arthur, would things necessarily be different if Homelander um, does die? Because like, will they just try to make another, you know, super placement for him or, you know, what they just, would that just mean the end of the seven and then just another superhero group comes along where it's, you know, like before they had payback and now it's the seven, same thing with like within Star Wars, it was the empire. Now it's the first order, which is pretty much the same thing. It's just a different name for the same organization. But I do agree um, um, to, to a certain point. It's just, I, I feel like the climax of this was better than season two, but I wanted to ask really quick, how would you rank seasons one through three? Like what would be your favorite and what would be your least favorite? I don't, I don't know. I would have to rewatch definitely season one because it's been so long, but probably season two as well. Yeah. I, from, for what I, cause I don't remember too much from season one, but I do remember it just being, you know, it was just that show that everyone had to watch. It was just revolutionary as far as this genre. And I, I, I really just like how I, I like how season three has handled itself. I do like season two. It's just, I feel like season, 
I, I'll give season one the benefit of the doubt just because I would probably have that as my number one just because, you know, that is everything that kicked off and it was new, it was fresh. I would probably have season three as number two and then I would actually say season two is probably like the weakest because, I mean, even in this se- uh, season, we see that um, that Stormfront, she is alive, you know, burnt, but she's alive, but she ends up killing herself because her and Homelander have different ideologies. So there's also that, but... It's all just like a big game, and it really seems that like there are multiple obstacles. Obviously, Homelander being the number one, but there are other soups and other people in power who also need to be taken down. But again, I just wonder: is that going to is you know is that going to right all the wrongs, everything that they've been through? Is it going to you know set everything straight? You know, everything everything that happened with Robin. And one more thing before we actually close out, I really like how um, I wanted to mention where A-Train officially apologizes to Huey for Robin in his own... Kind of. Kind of. Like, own sadistic way. Like, you know, Huey kind of had to force it out of him. But towards the end, he's, you know, A-Train, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm fucking sorry. Um, It's... It was like 50... 50% 50% of an apology, almost. But I, <laughs> I'm i interested to see what they're going to do with A-Train now that he's back in the race. You know, he's got a new heart, and it's the heart of a... <laughs> it's it's the heart of a, a killer or the heart of the person who uh, made his brother paralyzed for the rest of his life. So it's, it's, it's cooking up to be some good stuff, but I really, really enjoyed season three. Like, I really, really did. What would you give your score for season three uh, overall, especially including episodes one through three, like the the whole shebang. Yeah, I'd probably go with like a solid eighty five. I mentioned the big issues I had. Um, that kind of weighed it down a little bit, but just it's just always so entertaining to watch, no matter what. Like just being in this world is is always so fun. So I guess since we are like in the big, well, actually, well, maybe I'll save that question for later. I was going to ask you between all the series that we have been watching, which one have you been enjoying? have you been enjoying the most but i feel like we should wait until volume two of stranger things comes out because by the time that's out then uh obi-wan will be finished obviously we're already kind of done with this but this is definitely like i mean if if i'm ranking between everything i'm watching right now as of right now this will probably be like the second best like it's gonna be hard to top stranger things for me that's just me in general but I really love the boys season three. Like, I think it's probably, I think it's probably the best season since the first one, to be completely honest, but that's just my takeaway. Like I said, I love season two, but something felt like it was missing from season two. And I feel like season three really just corrected that. And of course, now that Starlight is an official member of the boys, you know, she's, she's officially broken from Vought. There is no, you know, so I, I wonder how the, the, the dynamics going to work between the boys and Vought's within future seasons, because now they don't have that person on the inside. So that's going to be very, very interesting, but maybe she'll still have some loose connections. Maybe Ashley will, you know, turn around and make her appearance, uh, a, a part of the boys as well. Uh, Kimiko has her powers back. She learns that, you know, that's more of, it's not that compound V is evil. It's more so to deal with the person. So it's, it's been crazy stuff. And, uh, RIP, uh, Black Noir probably won't see any more of him because barely knew you literally, literally <laughs> he never moves without bots. Okay. <laughs> he is, he, if, if anyone was loyal on the seven team, it was Black Noir, <laughs> A man of very few words and a, a, a scorched, burned face, unfortunately, with his imaginary friends. May he rest in peace. <laughs> but yeah, that pretty much concludes our season three review of The Boys. Thank you again, Amazon, for sending us these uh, screeners early so we'd be able to get this out to all of our amazing listeners out there. A uh, little bit more of a longer episode than I anticipated, but there was a lot to unpack and we kind of just wanted to go by episode to episode and really kind of just dig in deep instead of just giving like our general um, 
thoughts and um, analysis about the season. We really kind of wanted to uh, dig in and go, go into the weeds here, so to speak. But what is coming up on the podcast, you might ask? Well, as of this, when it releases, um, since we are reviewing this a little bit early, uh, we have no clue. <laughs> but by the time this is out for everyone to listen to, we will have a few things that are out, um, including our um, Umbrella Academy uh, Season 3 review uh, will be out by the time this episode drops. Of course, you'll be able to listen to all of our Obi-Wan Kenobi um, series reviews as we're doing that week by week. Uh, so those should all be up on the podcast as well. Um, depending on if we review Stranger Things Volume 2 by the time this is out, it may or may not be out by the time you're listening to this. So definitely just check our episode list. It may or may not be there. If it's not there, we're working on it for you guys. You know, this is this is past Christian speaking to future Christian type situation here. But those are just a few things. Um, I believe our Fallen Kingdom, uh, Jurassic World, not Fallen Kingdom, uh, Dominion, Jurassic World Dominion uh, should be out by the time uh, this episode goes live as well. So we hope you guys have a wonderful day. And we'll see you guys later on. Uh, really quick, actually, before we go, there's one thing we ask everyone to do here. If you've made it this far, is to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it may be. Make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics Podcast with the movie lover in need. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. And we'll see you guys in the next one.